Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. I am your host, Daniel Gundlach, and I am thrilled to share with you the opera and classical singers about whom I am most passionate. I hope that when you hear these voices, you might echo me in saying, God, I love her, or God, I love him. Now, Without any further ado, I bring you this week's episode.
Welcome, everyone, to the first of a four-part series in honor of Black History Month, in which I will pay tribute to various African-American singers of the past, most of whom are not nearly as well-remembered as they should be. I am thrilled to present to you the extraordinary and today nearly forgotten mezzo-soprano Muriel Smith. It was she you just heard singing, Were You There When They Crucified My Lord? Who was Muriel Smith, you might ask? I think if I were to present one or two other examples of her singing, you might recognize her immediately. Let's see. Perhaps you recognize this. Lose up, baby, that rose up wild, and he won't do what you ought him to. Lose it, nobody's angel child, and he won't pay any mind to you. One man gives me his diamond stud, and I won't give him a cigarette. One man treats me like I was mud, and all my kisses that man can get. <laughs> She's singing right at you, Joe. <laughs> Smith was the original Carmen Jones on Broadway. When she premiered in the piece in December 1943, she was a mere 20 years old and still a student at the Curtis Conservatory of Music. Not just any student, but the first African-American musician to attend there. Muriel Smith was born on February 23, 1923, so she has a birthday coming up this month. A New York City native, Smith appeared at the age of 14 on Major Bowe's Amateur Hour. Some of you may remember that this is the very same radio program on which Maria Callas appeared at a very young age singing Un Beldi, and that she carried a great deal of bitterness around until the end of her life because she was not the winner of that competition. But let's not lose sight of this week's subject, Muriel Smith. Two years later, she was heard singing at a cocktail party by a woman named Elizabeth Westmoreland, who arranged for her to get a scholarship to Curtis. According to one source that I found, another guest at that cocktail party was the German soprano Elisabeth Schumann, who was teaching at Curtis at the time and took Muriel Smith on as her student. I don't think it's a coincidence that Elizabeth Westmoreland 
is listed on the IBDB website as one of the vocal coaches for Carmen Jones. I don't know if she had that engagement first and then introduced Muriel Smith to the producers, or if it was the other way around. Not sure, but both of them did work together on that production. Now I'd like to play another excerpt from the Carmen Jones. By the way, the one that I played for you earlier was from a 1947 radio broadcast rather than the original cast recording, which is relatively easy to find. This is the so-called Segedie, or as it's known here, there's a cafe on the corner. And this is again from the Ford Theater radio broadcast of November 1947. Also heard here as Joe is the other original cast member, Luther Saxon, who my podcast listeners may remember as the tenor that we heard singing Sweet Little Jesus Boy on one of the Christmas episodes this past December. Come on, you. No sitting down. Taint but a quarter of a mile to the guardhouse. Oh, Joey, I've turned my ankle just now. Guess I must have sprained it. Looks like it's swelling up, don't it? Uh, I don't see no swelling. Listen, Joe, be a sport. If you put me in the guardhouse, what good'll I be to you? Quit it now. Remember that flower I threw at you? I see you kept it. Little Carmen inside your pocket now. Right next to your heart. Come on now, we gotta get going. Why, but you're the way you pulled me up, just like I was nothing. I bet you're a good dancer, ain't you, Joe? Said we could have fun if we went out tonight. I know a good place, too. Just outside of town, across the railroad bridge, opposite the gas station. There's a cafe on the corner, run by my friendly a spot where a man takes a lady when he wants to move faster. Yes, I'll go and say hello to Presto. How can the lady drink alone? How can the lady dance alone? No lady can romance alone. I ought to have a sweetie pie. The one I had, I give you. I send it flying through the door Know that I'm free My heart is dying I'm off the hook And looking for more Doesn't the fellas telephone me All asking me to make a date I'm holding on for something special But I don't know How long I'll wait Where will I wind up Just singing to 
don't want no sergeant if I can have you. Your arms are stronger than his. If you take me out, there ain't nothing that's nice I won't do. I'll show you, your woman, is. Look here, is it trying to pull me across your heart? You're I'd feel if I could steal, say can I steal, and out on the town we'll go. Yes, we got a date then. See you at ten. Where do we meet? A silly By the way, I thought it might amuse my listeners to hear the radio announcer, Howard Lindsay, quoting Oscar Hammerstein on why opera is such an undesirable commodity and why he was absolutely compelled to write Carmen Jones. In Mr. Hammerstein's introduction to the published version of Carmen Jones, he describes a childhood visit to his grandfather's opera house to hear an opera in Italian. I found myself enjoying the lovely music coming up from the opera pit, he writes, but I was puzzled and disturbed by the accompanying action on the stage. Sometimes the fat lady would look very sad, and there was no way of knowing why. Sometimes she laughed, but I wouldn't know what the joke was, and I wished I did. It then seemed quite clear to me why Grandpa lost money on opera. Listening to people sing words you didn't understand wasn't much fun. That's what I thought then. That's what I think now. I would have loved to include more excerpts from this historic radio broadcast, but it is available on YouTube, and I will put the link on the show notes page. Once again, for those who have not yet visited there, please do so. It's countermelodypodcast.com. That's countermelodypodcast, one word, dot com. I have all kinds of interesting material that I wasn't able to include in the podcast today. So do visit, and you'll find all kinds of further information about the marvelous Muriel Smith. After concluding the tour of Carmen Jones, Muriel Smith continued to appear on Broadway. She appeared first in a straight play called Our Land that was, according to the synopsis I found here on Playbill, about a group of freed slaves take over a Georgia plantation believing it will belong to them only to find themselves cheated out of owning the land they work. The playwright is one Theodore Ward. This ran for just a short run, closing in November. Following that, she appeared in a short run of Mark Blitzstein's The Cradle Will Rock, appearing in the role of Ella Hammer. Also in the cast was Vivian Vance as Mrs. Mister, who of course went on to great fame as Ethel Mertz in I Love Lucy. I have chosen a number that all of you love to hear me sing. I have many requests for your favorite and 
This association with Mark Blitzstein led to a recording of five so-called songs of the theater. I'm going to play a couple of those for you. The first one is a setting of Shakespeare's Orpheus with his lute, which also exists in beautiful settings by Arthur Sullivan, Ray Vaughan Williams, Beyond its being a song incorporated into Shakespeare's Henry VIII, I'm not sure what the direct theatrical connection with this Blitzstein setting is, but it does give you a wonderful opportunity to hear Muriel Smith really exploiting her classically trained vocal chops, as it were, and already beginning to experiment quite a bit with the different colors in her voice, which is something that would emerge later on in her career with absolutely miraculous results. Mark Blitzstein accompanies her on this recording. There's one other song you've got to hear. This one. Oh my god. My friend Robert brought this song to my attention some time ago. It's called Displaced, or the original title was The DP, in other words, The Displaced Person. Here's the text. I remember running and running to my house with a sear of burning inside my eyes, which was my house. That smoking doorway, lone and still, was my house. What I thought, what I did, where I ran, where I hid, I could not tell you, not begin. I think I just sat down in the doorway where my house had been. I remember they took me on a long journey, put me by a road near a darkened wood. Oh, my children, work is a word we once found good, my children. 
This was work, work on work, break your back and still work, bitter work, never meant for men. And now I am home, children, make me find the joy of work again. So clearly this is about a person who has survived a concentration camp, who's had their home burned down, taken away, locked up. This is extremely topical stuff, people. It's going on right now. Listen to Muriel Smith sing this song, accompanied by Mark Blitzstein.
following year, 1948, Muriel Smith appeared with the Negro Theater in a piece called Sojourner Truth, based, of course, on the life of the influential former slave who became an iconic figure in African-American history. Brooks Atkinson reviewed her quite ecstatically, actually, in the New York Times, and compares her to the great African-American actress Rose McClendon, who had died a few years prior to this. Here's a brief excerpt of what Brooks Atkinson said about Muriel Smith. She is a modest actress with great power and magnetism. She makes a coherent character out of these glimpses into a slave woman's life, and she summons the nobility for the grand scene in the Broadway tabernacle in the last act. In this scene, Sojourner has to subdue some ruffians by sheer force of character. Miss Smith convinces you that she does, subduing the audience just as completely. You respect Miss Smith's acting, which has instinctive good manners and, in the big scenes, has dignity, power, and magnificence also. This is acting that ranks with the finest work of the season. Rose McClendon, who was also a lady, would be proud of Muriel Smith. Well, thank goodness that they were both ladies. Dignified, don't you know? Most people live on a lonely island Lost in the middle of a foggy sea People long for another island, one where they know they would like to be. Bali Thank you. 
That was Muriel Smith in the original London production of South Pacific, in which she appeared in 1951. Having found rewarding musical and theatrical ventures, rather few and far between in the United States, she relocated to London in 1949, where she became a very popular persona in the entertainment world. As well as appearing as Bloody Mary in South Pacific, she also appeared the following year as Lady Tiang in the first London performances of The King and I. We will hear her now sing something wonderful from the London cast recording. I hope that you're able to set aside the questionable sexual politics of the song and marvel in the beauty of her performance and also perhaps even to ponder upon a relationship of equality in which mutual respect rather than subservience is the goal. See if you can do that. I know it's a challenge. This is a man who thinks with his heart his heart is not always wise. This is a man who stumbles and falls but this is a man who tries. This is a man you'll forgive and forgive and help and protect as long as you But no other than 
perhaps these songs have never been better sung. Here follows one of the most surprising and delightful chapters of Muriel Smith's performing life. She turned into a pop singer and a gorgeous one. This song that we're about to hear charted at number three in the uh, the UK pop charts and later, in fact, was revived by none other than Gloria Estefan in a very different sort of arrangement. Dig this. It's fabulous. Hold me, hold me, never let me go until you've told me, told me what I want to know and then just hold me. Hold me, make me tell you I'm in love with you Hold me tight, never let me go Thrill me, thrill me Walk me down the lane where shadows will be, will be Hide and love us just the same as we'll be, we'll be When you make me tell you I love you suggestive sensuality just as she could nobility. We heard that, in fact, in the Carmen Jones radio broadcast, didn't we? And speaking of Carmen, here's something very interesting. She actually appeared on stage at Covent Garden in December 1955 in the title role of Bizet's Carmen. I think that's quite a wonderful distinction, and it really highlights what was so amazing about her. Evidently, this performance was broadcast live. I have not found a recording of it yet, but I sure hope that uh, it exists out there somewhere. Meanwhile, because her pop stuff is just so fabulous, and I'm just so thrilled at the chance to offer it to you. Oh, gosh. Let's just go for two more songs, shall we? Well, one of them is quite well known. The other one was the B-side of this uh, Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me. And that is called I'd Love to Fall Asleep. Wake 
By this time, Muriel Smith had a recording contract with Philips Records, and in 1953, her 10-inch pop LP, I'm in the Mood for Love, appeared. I'm still trying to find a copy of this record, but I did manage to find the title track online, and here it is for you. I'm in the mood for love Simply because you're near me Funny, but when you're near me I'm in the mood for love Heaven is in your eyes Bright as the stars we're under Say, is it any wonder I'm in the mood for love I stop to think of weather Now we are one I'm not afraid 
if there's a cloud above if it should rain we'll let it out for tonight forget it I'm in the mood for Muriel Smith's greatest exposure to the general public, in the United States at least, occurred when she was used as the voice artist for Juanita Hall in the 1958 film version of South Pacific. Now, Juanita Hall, of course, had created the role for Broadway in 1949, but nine years later her voice had shifted, and Richard Rogers, who had evidently always preferred the voice of Muriel Smith, really insisted that Muriel Smith's voice be used in the soundtrack to South Pacific. I'm not going to play an excerpt from that. It's very easy to find this stuff online, but I am going to offer an excerpt from a different film in which she was used as a ghost singer. That film is John Huston's 1952 biopic, Moulin Rouge, a depiction of sorts of the life of Toulouse-Lautrec. Here she dubs for Jaja Gabor, the perennial favorite, at least of mine, called the song from Moulin Rouge, or Where is Your Heart. It's also known in a beautiful version by Felicia Sanders with Percy Faith and his orchestra. But this version has different words, and I like it very, very, very much. I hope you do too. I am going to offer a different voiceover that she did. What do we call that? Ghost voice? I am going to offer the performance of another actor whose voice she dubbed, and that is of Jaja Gabor in the film Moulin Rouge, which was a biography by John Huston of Toulouse-Lautrec. I believe that film is 1952. Muriel Smith also appears on screen in a small role in that, in that uh, movie. But here she is singing one of my very favorite melodies of all time, known primarily as the song from Moulin Rouge (laughs) or Where is Your Heart? These are different words than what I'm used to hearing. There's, of course, the pop version, the extremely uh, well-disseminated and exquisite version 
by Percy Faith and his orchestra with the vocals by the incomparable Felicia Sanders. But these are different words, and I like these as well. So here's Muriel Smith, just a small example of the voice dubbing that she did in Hollywood. In 1957, in response to the race riots in Little Rock, Muriel Smith retired from the stage. According to a profile I found in the Richmond Times-Dispatch, written by Clark Bostert, in honor of Muriel Smith, written in February 2002, 
When Samuel Goldwyn invited Smith to star in his film version of Porgy and Bess, she replied that George Gershwin's opera on the Black Fisherman of Catfish Row in Charleston, South Carolina, doesn't do the right thing for my people. And instead, she became involved with moral rearmament, which he refers to as the international organism, as she called it, devoted to creating a world community based on Christian values. I felt that my country needed the healing, and still needs it, that could be found in facing the moral dilemma of judging people in the human family racially rather than on the basis of character, Smith wrote. Moral rearmament. For those who don't know what it is, I did little research into this. I had not heard of it before, but evidently it was a very, very widely disseminated movement. As a member of moral rearmament, Muriel Smith appeared around the world promoting these values. It's about the inclusiveness of all of humanity, finding things that bring us together rather than separate us. And in this regard, it's highly admirable, and there's really not much that one can dispute about it. Now, she did not do very much in film. The only appearance that I know of was in a small role in the very Moulin Rouge in which she dubbed the voice of Jean Jacques Gabor. However, she appeared in 1960 in a film called The Crowning Experience, which was a somewhat fictional depiction of the life of Mary McLeod Bethune, who was a very important civil rights icon, an educator, an eventual um, advisor to FDR. It's an interesting film. You can see it online, and I've posted a link on the show notes page. But what I will say about it is that it's only (laughs) inclusive up to a point. It draws a real line in the sand between what it considers to be radical movements like socialism, communism, uh, any sort of radical uprising, and makes people who stand on the other side of that line appear to be moral delinquents and borderline evil. So that's a little problematic. I will tell you this, it's wonderful to see Muriel Smith on screen. She has an amazing presence. And uh, for that reason alone, I actually kind of recommend looking at the movie. There also was an LP that was released because the movie is a quasi-musical of sorts. She appears in the film in the role of Emma Tremaine, who is the fictionalized version of Mary McLeod Bethune. She also appeared in another moral rearmament film called Voice of the Hurricane in 1964, which was her final film appearance. That is evidently also available for viewing on Vimeo. I have not watched it yet. But since this became such an important aspect, this moral rearmament initiative or ideology, as they repeatedly refer to it in the film, for Muriel Smith... I am going to offer you one sung excerpt from that film. Every time she has a moral pronouncement to make, she generally breaks out in song. The songs themselves are not all that distinguished. Some of the titles include Sweet Potato Pie, It's a Great Wide Beautiful Campus, There's Always Room for One More, The ABC of the Answer, The World Walked Into My Heart, and the excerpt that I'm going to play for you right now called Wade Out. 
I think this is probably the prettiest of the songs that's on there, which are admittedly not a terribly distinguished bunch. Long time ago, Julie, I had a dream. I think... I think you're old enough to understand it now. I dreamed I saw a beautiful country And there I longed forever to be But dark before my feet a great river poured its icy waves Between that land and me I dreamed I plunged deep into the river Fought, prayed to reach that shore I could see distant shore, I could see a great array of boys and girls. One boy was holding a ledger. He cried out to me, you will never reach this shore until all our names are written here. I thank God I've begun to write a few of the names in that ledger. But it's just the beginning. I'm afraid that the end of Muriel Smith's life was not a particularly happy one necessarily. According to the profile in the Richmond Times-Dispatch that I referred to earlier, she moved to Richmond in 1974 and worked in retail and clerical jobs to support herself while she cared for her elderly mother. She also began teaching voice at Virginia Union University, an HBCU, Historically Black College and University, that was founded in 1865. Toward the end of her life, she did return to the stage in some degree. She appeared in a few local productions, 
most significantly probably, once again appeared as Sojourner Truth in a 12-minute monologue for voice and orchestra called Sojourner Truth, Ain't I a Woman? by Geraldine Herbison. On September 13th, 1985, the same year in which she had given the premiere of the Sojourner Truth piece which she had commissioned, she died of cancer at the age of 62. Muriel Smith once said that race figured sub rosa throughout my career. I couldn't do anything I wanted to do without tackling the race question. At the beginning of this episode, I played for you the unaccompanied version of Muriel Smith singing Were You There? This is from a 1955 Phillips Records 45 called Negro Spirituals. In closing, I would like to offer the remaining four selections from that record. In future episodes, I'm going to speak more about spirituals. For now, I'm simply going to offer you the four selections from this record. Weep and Mary is the first one, followed by Honor, Honor, Nobody Knows the Trouble I've Seen, and concluding with Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. This is Muriel Smith, accompanied by Daniel Kelly. Children, 
I hope that you are as moved by this artist as I have been. She was really a rare commodity, don't you think? I look forward to bringing you next week another in the series of African-American artists that we are honoring this Black History Month. I had planned on bringing Gloria Davy to you along with Muriel Smith, but she ended up capturing my imagination so deeply that I felt that I needed to devote the entire episode to her. So, thank you for listening. I also must apologize for the rather ramshackle way in which this uh, podcast episode was put together. I had two dead computers to deal with this week, one after the other, and this nearly didn't happen. But I was propelled forward by the great driving need to bring Muriel Smith to your attention. Until next time, my friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach. <laughs>